go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Good morning, everybody. Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr. Good morning, NFC Easton. I just had a big scare right before the show hit. Uh, my computer froze. I was checking out a certain article uh, about the New York Giants, and poof. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy times in this division. Uh, the Giants are 2-0. They're one of six 2-0 teams in this league. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are 2-0. Tied for first in the NFC East. I you know, you figure if the Eagles retired for first after two weeks, you would think it'd be with the Dallas Cowboys or something, right? Maybe the Washington Commanders? No, it's New York Giants. And, uh, yeah, Brian Dable, there's something cooking there because, look, uh, I was – last night for CBS Sports, uh, the article's going to publish this morning. But I looked at every 2-0 team, every 0-2 team. Which 2-0 team's going to fall off? which 0-2 team could potentially rise and make the playoffs. Remember, only 11% of 0-2 teams since 1990 have made the playoffs. But the 2-0 team I think that's going to fall off is the Giants, right? So of the 2-0 teams, we got Philadelphia, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills. Uh, there's another one in there. Uh, Miami Dolphins. It's a pretty good list, right? Pretty good list. All Super Bowl contenders, right? Yeah. You can even count the Eagles in that now, I think. To an extent. But what about the Giants? They're 2-0, too. Should they deserve the respect as the Chiefs? Should they deserve the respect as the Dolphins? The Bills? The Eagles? The Bucks? Well... There's one difference the Giants have that we think we know for three of them they have. We're pretty certain the Eagles have one. And we're pretty certain now the Dolphins have one. And that's a, a franchise quarterback, a young franchise quarterback. I don't think the Giants have that. I'm pretty sure Brian Dable. I'm just pretty sure Brian Dable doesn't think Daniel Jones is his long-term answer in New York. In fact, I kind of think they made that decision already when they signed Tyrod Taylor. I know that was a bit of talk in August when Tyrod Taylor was getting first-team reps in practice. I think Brian Dable was doing that for in case Daniel Jones got hurt. It's not like Jones has played bad these first two weeks. I don't think he's a long-term answer there. And I gave the Giants the benefit of the doubt. They got two winnable games coming up. They got the Dallas Cowboys, who get big win over the Bengals. Probably the best defense in the division. But they don't have Dak Prescott. And their offense is 
in shambles right now. They just cut uh, Dez Houston, who played a lot of snaps for them the first two weeks. That means Michael Gow's probably coming back, but that's an opportunity for the Giants to go 3-0. And if not, they got the Chicago Bears, who I think is the worst team in football. At least one of them, if I'm being generous. Chicago stinks. I don't know why they were on the primetime stage on Sunday night. They stink. They don't deserve to be anywhere near a primetime audience. They stink. That's who the Giants got week four. So you tell me. You tell me. Giants could be three and one after four weeks. It's very possible. They play the AFC South, just like the Eagles do, just like the Cowboys. AFC South sucks. Worst division in football. Eagles haven't gotten any of those games yet. Haven't gotten them yet. They're coming. You know, they'll get to play Tennessee Titans. They'll get to play Houston Texans. The toughest game for any of these NFC East teams in the AFC South may be the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are the only team with a win in that division. At one-on-one. Our old friend Doug Pearson. But yeah, uh, the Giants, their defense is ninth in the NFL in points allowed, 12th in yards allowed. They're making plays. They're getting to the quarterback. And that's without Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ujiari. Defense has been performing pretty well. They've been performing pretty well. I got to give them credit there. And their offense has been okay. It's a heck of a lot better than what we saw at the end of last year. Which is why they're 2-0. They're making enough plays. They're 15th in points scored. 18th in yards allowed. That ain't bad. Ain't bad at all. I think Giants fans would take that. Right now, Brian Dable's injected some life, some creativity. Right now, they got the NFL's leading rusher in Saquon Barkley. I don't know who Daniels are throwing to anymore. Because Kenny Galladay stinks. He don't want to be there. I don't think Giants won there. They wouldn't have them there if there wasn't $31 million of dead cap. So, I, I, I mean, look, they're sending a message in New York. They are. The David Sillses of the world. That's uh, Wendell Robinson, who's been hurt. Guys like that, they're playing. Guys you would never think would be competitive are playing. Brian Dable's playing the best players. The players are working hard in practice. There's a message being sent. Sterling Shepard's been, he's been working hard. He's still there. Still producing. Giants got a couple players there. They got a little bit better offensive line. Not much in the interior, but again, John Feliciano getting healthy. Could could this stick? Could this 2-0 thing stick? Not at the level, the Eagles. Not at their level. Tampa Bay's got Tom Brady. They're going to be around. Kansas City's got Patrick Mahomes. They're going to be around. Buffalo's got Josh Allen. Enough said. Eagles got Jalen Hurts. I'm pretty sure we know what Jalen Hurts is. And that's pretty good. I think the Eagles have something with Jalen Hurts. I've always thought that. You're seeing that. So I think the Eagles will stick. They're talented. The Dolphins are Tua Tagovailoa. I think Tua Tagovailoa has always been better than people giving them credit for. No matter with the bad offensive coaching and the bad offensive lines, he still has been able to find ways to complete passes and win games. Now he's got Tyreek Hill. Now he's got Jalen Waddle. He's got an offensive coach that actually gives a shit. It means a lot. It means a lot. 
and the Dolphins are one of the top offenses in football because of it. So I think they're going to stick around. They got a tough schedule, but I, I think their 2-0 is going to stick. 62% of teams that are 2-0 are going to make the playoffs. So I think five of those six make it. I don't think the Giants will. It's too early. I really, really like what Brian Dable is building there. But they have Daniel Jones. They'll have Jalen Hurts. They'll have Tua Tagovailoa. They probably wish they did. Because then maybe, maybe, maybe that 2-0 would stick. And they have the schedule where it can stick. And I think they're going to beat said teams on their schedule, like the Chicago Bears, like the Houston Texans. I think they'll beat them. But will they beat, and they beat the Tennessee Titans. Will they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? I don't know, because they're, they're a better team. Will they beat those teams? Can they beat the Washington Commanders? I don't know. Can they beat the Dallas Cowboys? We're going to find out Sunday. Dallas, uh, man, this is a big game. Big, uh, Sunday, uh, Monday, sorry, Monday. Monday, the Giants and Cowboys play. It's going to be an exciting game Monday night. Really exciting game. Monday night football, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Giants, Cowboys at MetLife. It'll be fun. I'm excited for that game. I am, because I want to see how good the Giants really are. I want to see if the Cowboys can survive and go 2-1. and one. That's what I want to see. And the Cowboys go 2-1. and one. I want to rush Dak Prescott back. They seem to want to. They really seem to want to. They want to play him this week, Stephen Jones said. If he can, I think they're stupid. I think they're desperate. I think they can. I think they're fine with Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush in that offense showed that. They scored 14 points in the first quarter. I think they're fine. Are they inconsistent? Yeah, but they were inconsistent with Dak. I, I think they're okay. Get the ball to Tony Pollard. Get the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. Control the clock. Make teams press. You have a really good defensive line with Navel Gallimore, with Micah Parsons. Yes, Micah Parsons, who's my pick for defensive player of the year after two weeks. Leighton Van is playing well. Corners are playing well. Trayvon Diggs, you're not seeing the, the big passes give, given up like you did last year. Not seeing the interceptions, but you're not seeing the big plays either. Andy Brown's been good. Jaron Curse has been hurt, but he's still a good player. It's a good Dallas team. Very good defense. I said they were done last week. They still could be, but they beat the Bengals, who got problems of their own. And they can't protect Joe Burrow. Their quarterback holds on to the ball too long. Their coaching staff don't know how to change the game plan quick enough. That's why I gave Dallas a chance. Glad I did. I didn't think they win, but glad I did. How about that other 2 0 team? Yeah, the Eagles. They've been looking pretty good. Jalen Hurts, number one, total offense, number one, yards per attempt over his last five regular season starts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, the guy you guys say can't throw deep. 
not you guys in the chat room, but trust me, we know who the haters are. We know who the haters are. And guess what? I'm sure the haters will have something stupid to say this week, too, about Jalen Hurts. Because they always do. They'll find something. Jalen Hurts didn't complete this pass. Jalen Hurts doesn't do this. Jalen Hurts doesn't do that. He runs too much. He runs for touchdowns too much. I hate scoring touchdowns. I hate it. I'm an Eagles fan. I hate scoring touchdowns. Jalen Hurts needs to throw for touchdowns. Hey, you sound stupid. Really, really stupid. I've seen these people. They're stupid. Who cares? Jalen Hurts is tied for the NFL in rushing touchdowns. So what? You watched any of Monday night's game, you saw the impact he makes. Oh, by the way, completed 80% of his passes, 333 yards. First player in NFL history to complete 80% of his passes, throw for 300 yards, and rush for two touchdowns in the game. It's pretty damn impressive if you ask me. Jalen Hurts is on the quarterback list. He's getting top 10 votes now. He's an ascending player, and he's a damn good one. And he's the reason why people think the Eagles could win the Super Bowl. Or at least go to it. He's the reason why people think the Eagles are contenders in the NFC. Jalen Hurts. That was the question mark on this team. We know the Eagles are the best running offense in football. They're second right now, but over since last year they've been. They have the receivers. It's amazing what A.J. Brown does for a young quarterback. Ask Josh Allen. Ask Tua Tagovailoa. Tua got Tyreek Hill. Now he's tied for the NFL lead in touchdown passes. Josh Allen has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league the past three years, if not the best. Carson Wentz is tied for the NFL lead in touchdown passes. Look what happens if you give him some actual receivers. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Carson can sling. It's funny. Funny how it works. Now you get Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Quez Watkins is basically your fourth option. You saw the impact he made Monday night. Yeah, those guys. Those guys. All of a sudden, Jalen Hurts' numbers are up across the board. He's throwing to his left. He's throwing in tight windows. He's throwing toward the middle of the field. You would never saw that last year because you got, you had Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, Getting his feet wet, Jeff Kerr, my producer, Tony Shields, is wide receivers. You don't have that anymore. You got actual talent there now. You got the best offensive line in football. No wonder why Jalen Hurts is doing this. The Eagles put everything around Jalen Hurts to succeed, and it's working. He's won his last five regular season starts. They're first in the NFL in total offense. They're second in the NFL in yards per game. They're one of the top five teams in scoring. A lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts, who's a top who's top 10 in the NFL in yards per carry, top 10 in the NFL in rushing, tied for first in rushing touchdowns with Nick Chubb. He's a quarterback. Oh, Miles Sanders is a top 10 running back in rushing yards, in yards per carry, top five in yards per touch. Yeah. Eagles are pretty good. They're pretty, pretty good. And you know what? I'll talk to Kevin Boiler about this. He's in the green room in a minute. But they may do the same against Washington this week. Mark my words. They may do the same against Washington this week. Because Washington cannot tackle. They cannot cover. They have the worst coverage linebackers in football. 
So Eagles could feast this week as well. We're going to have Kevin Boyler right after the break. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pondley Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Every Wednesday, because who's better to talk NFC East than Kevin Boiler? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Jeff. I know this is an NFC East show, but we're spending this whole segment breaking down new Penn State quarterback Chad Powers, right? Oh, of course. Uh, how about that segment? I, I, I don't know if anybody in the comment room has seen the the detail yet, but <laughs> that was pretty good, huh? I thought it was great, man. Uh, Eli continues to reinvent himself, and uh, I think Penn State's got a good one. I didn't realize Eli Manning was that guy that would be funny like his brother. He only seemed like 
not like he was monotone, but he never seemed like he had that personality. I'm glad it's coming out now that he's retired. I agree. I think he's awesome on the Manning cast. Yeah. So you can catch Kevin, Kevin Boyler's work on heavy on Giants. And we got to talk about the Giants here because I wrote about the 2-0 teams for CBS Sports. It's dropping in about an hour or so. And which ones are going to fall off? Which ones are going to stick? Well, unfortunately, Kevin, I, I got the Giants falling off. But th- th- them just being in the conversation is good enough, right? I think so. Do you think that they're the worst NF- or worst 2-0 team at this point? Well, when you consider who are the 2-0 teams right now, it's Buffalo, Tampa Bay. I, I mean, maybe you can make an argument because of Tampa Bay's offense, but overall. I think you can make a, maybe make a case against Miami, but I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't go too far. I don't think the three in the NFC, you've got the Eagles, the Giants, and the Bucks. I'm going to be realistic. I don't think that the Giants are better than either of those teams. But the one thing you have to think about is that it's never the team that's best in week two. Look at what yep. the Giants are dealing with. The Eagles are rolling right now. The Giants don't have their top two pass rushers in Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, they're still trying to find their footing on offense. Like, it's so, it totally seems like the wide receiver room is in flux. You know, they don't have a plan for Kadarius Toney or Kenny Galladay at this point. Richie James is your leading receiver, and you're 2-0. You got to feel kind of good about that if you're a Giants fan. And if it comes together, watch out. Did you hear the Brian Dable story, by the way? He's, like, calling free agent wide receivers. It, it just feels like – you're right. Like, it, it might be hmm. Kevin Boyler lining up this week. Who who out there that might be interested in the Giants? Uh, maybe who used to play for the Giants unsigned. Yeah. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. Come on. You know that's who he's talking to. And Odell's been flirting with it on Twitter, on Instagram – responding to fans saying, oh, you know, show me the dot, 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 you know what it is, bag. And I think if you're the Giants, you look at your wide receiver room, I know you're in a bad situation cap-wise this year, but there's got to be, if the Rams can do what they do against the salary cap, the Giants should be able to find a way to bring in Odell Beckham Jr. and fix this wide receiver situation. And then maybe we'll get to see the real Daniel Jones. I think we've seen the real Daniel Jones. I think Brian Dable's seen the real Daniel But I got to give Daniel Jones correct. He's not making the the god-awful mistakes you're used to seeing out of him. It's I, I actually like what they're doing with him. He's managing the game. They're trusting him in key situations when they need to, like like the third and five boot like they did. I like that play. I, I just think it's really nice that they actually have a pulse on offense, which is why I've been giving them more of a chance than probably I would. Hey, look, Daniel Jones hasn't been great, but he's got two game-winning drives through two weeks. He's already tied his career high for a season for game-winning drives. So it shows you he's making clutch plays when it matters most. And you mentioned it right there. He does it sometimes with his legs. So I can't complain about Daniel Jones, even though that everyone jumps on when he throws a Kirk Cousins looking ball, everyone jumps on him. And there's a big faction of Giants fans that are rooting for him to fail. I don't fall into that category. I think um, he's got a lot of potential still. Let's not be, let's not kid ourselves though. Saquon is the straw that stirs the drink. Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned Richie James. He might be a pro bowler this year, the way he's going up. Uh, David Sills is in there. It's, I mean, Kenny Galladay is an afterthought. I honestly thought I'd hear probably Tuesday or today Kenny Galladay is no longer with the Giants. I was thinking that we would hear something like that too, since after the game, uh, the report was his locker was empty 
And now you're hearing that the Giants are FaceTiming free agent wide receivers. And then Brian Dable just came out and said it. He's like, yeah, David Sills, a former practice squad guy, is just playing better than Kenny Galladay, so he's on the field. I mean, if the Nate Solder contract didn't just happen a couple of years ago and then making him the highest paid offensive lineman in the league and then him being a total bust, I would say Kenny Galladay is probably the worst free agent signing in Giants history maybe just because there's more eyes on a wide receiver than there is a left tackle. I think fans will remember this for a long time. This is going to go down as one of the worst free agent signings, maybe not in giants history, but in NFL history. You know what? I'm glad you brought up Nate Solder too, because I remember his first year, he had 11 sacks with that team. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is what they're paying him. Yeah. Uh, talk about, I mean, there's a lot you can look back on during the Dave Gettleman era and say what was he thinking he definitely you know they say what is this saying even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while like that i think was dave gettleman in a nutshell but he uh that's one of them the nate solder head scratcher kenny galladay head scratcher um even the canarius tony pick i feel like that was still a panic pick after they missed out on devonta smith yeah we Again, that's weird, too, the whole Kadarius Tony situation. Now, he played more Sunday, but it just doesn't feel like they know how to use him or, like, he's maybe he's not a player you use in the NFL. It just seems like a, a Swiss Army Knife gadget player you probably would, you know, waste a third or fourth round pick on. But he was taken in the first round. But I like how Brian Dable approaches this with him and Kenny Gallagher. He don't know these guys anything. I agree, yeah. If they don't know – like, let me be com- – pretty candid when it comes to Kadarius Tony. I don't think he knows the playbook or has really any interest in learning a route tree. I think he's just a fast dude who wants the ball in his hands. And that's why when you see them give him the ball, it's always gadget plays. He's got two catches for zero yards and he's got two technically rushing attempts where they were backwards passes. One of them, it looked like they wanted him to throw the ball. Like he just is like a playmaker Think of like a high school quarterback, which is what he was, who just kind of has the athleticism to thrive at every level. And now he's in the NFL and, uh, you know, you probably can't get by on just your athleticism anymore. You got to study. You got to put in the work. You got to be a smarter player than the guy lining up across from you. And I don't know if Kadarius Tony has reached that level of maturity yet. And you're seeing it flush itself out in the playing time. Yes, he did get more in week two, but it's also like the fan base is kind of holding the coaching staff hostage because they want it. There's no push from the fan base for Kenny Galladay to get more snaps. There is a push from the fan base for Kadarius Tony to get more snaps and more touches because there's a lot of potential. Everyone likes him, likes what he could do athletically. Um, but look, if it keeps going the way it's going, um, you know, you don't just score zero touchdowns your rookie year and then come in and do this your second year like this looks like a step back in my opinion it's kind of like the Jalen Rager situation in Philadelphia right you know and all of a sudden you get better players then guys like him become an afterthought and maybe that's going to be it with Kadarius maybe Giants fans feel hey you know what we really don't have much here I I, I know Richie James David Sills Sterling Shepard uh they probably want to see Wendell Robinson when he's healthy but you're right. It just seems like, well, we got like there. So he's a first round pick and Brian Dable is probably pulling the old Well, He wasn't my first round pick. So I don't really care. Right. Exactly. He, he, they don't have the skin in the game. It's not their investment. In fact, there's probably a little bit of a push to prove that, Hey, these guys that Gettleman brought in and paid the big money or spent high draft capital on these were dumb. These were not good picks or, or good moves. And so 
I could see even there being a little bit of it. Look at a Darius Slayton, for example, is a perfect like that dude is more prepared, harder working, and better than you know some of the other guys they have on the roster. But he's he's pushed down on the depth chart because he's just not what Dayball and Shane are looking for. They've been trying to trade him and haven't been able to find a partner for all offseason and, and end of the season it doesn't look like it's going to happen maybe maybe something formulates before the trade deadline but the nfl trade deadline like how many have you covered in your career where you're writing the story for cbs and then nothing ever happens you know so i'm not going to get my hopes up i think the craziest trade deadline we had together was what maybe 18 when it felt like there were a lot of trades going down we're flipping out we're like this isn't supposed to be like this it's <laughs> nothing ever happens I know, I know. They need to do something, implement something to make it more like baseball. Baseball has the only good and interesting, exciting trade deadline. You're not sold on the NBA one? That's all right, but I don't know. Baseball has uh, enough hype for their I always their forget what hockey's trade deadline is, to be honest. It's, it's just kind of comes and goes. <laughs> well, yeah, they need to do something, but... It, the Giants should probably make some moves uh, at the trade deadline this year. They're a weird team, though. You're right. Like 2-0. and They don't feel like a 2-0 and team at all. Also, you have to factor in their two wins are against two of the seven winless teams, the Titans and the Panthers. So who are you beating? But, um, but why are they winless, though? Because, yeah, because they lost to the Giants somehow. So this is what... This is why I keep giving the benefit of the doubt. I was just looking at their schedules, particularly the next two games. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Cowboys, but I think it's a very winnable game. And then I think you play the worst team in the NFL following that. I, there's a very good chance they could be 3-1 and one after all this. Yeah, and then I think after that is Packers in London, and really anything could happen there. Yeah, Giants London. are 2-0 and overseas. But anyway, uh, I think that, yeah, it's hard not to look ahead and count wins. But, um, hey, I wasn't expecting the Cowboys and Cooper Rush to beat the Bengals in week two, so I maybe shouldn't be overlooking them. What did you make of that game? To me, that was the Cowboys got off to a fast start, the scripted playbook worked, and then the Bengals kind of made their adjustments on defense, and Dallas's offense kind of looked like it did week one. All right, you can appreciate this. And Phil Sims, CBS, uh, Phil Sims got uh, crushed for this on Twitter because he was talking about Cooper Rush and saying, Basically, he was describing what I call the, you know, uh, Nick Foles effect. And I've always said this since 2017 with the Eagles is that you can't tell me, Jeff, with that Eagles team back in 2017, Carson Wentz was a superhero. And then when he went down and Nick Foles came in, there was a very talented team on both sides of the ball. And you can't tell me that. that team didn't realize we got to try a little harder now. We got to yeah. block a little longer. We got to tackle a little, you know, wrap up a little tighter. Everyone's got to put in a little bit more effort, even if it's just 1% more effort, because our quarterback now is Nick Foles as opposed to Carson Wentz. No knock on Carson on Nick Foles, but Carson Wentz was was competing at an MVP level that year. Um, that's what, maybe what's happening in Dallas. And Dak Prescott, obviously the guy who got the big payday, he's supposed to be carrying the team moving forward. Um, but it's not like this team doesn't have a ton of talent. So maybe the Micah Parsons of the world and the Ezekiel Elliott's are fighting for the extra yard or whatever uh, to kind of make the job a little bit easier for Cooper Rush. And I think that's what I saw. Well, at least for one game, right? And, uh, you know, and again, I agree with your Nick Foles effect to an extent. Uh, remember, I told you in 2017, I thought the Eagles wouldn't miss a beat with Foles. I said that before the season, if, if he had to come in for a game or two. 
he ended up sure. playing five or six. But overall, though, like, I, I don't know if this is long-term sustainable. Maybe that's why they're trying to rush Prescott back. Because I liked a lot what rushed in the first quarter. I liked Kevin Moore's offensive game plan. Let's get the ball to Zeke. Let's get the ball to Tony Pollard. And they were still doing that later, but the Bengals kind of clamped down on that and forced Rush to throw. And Rush didn't really make any crucial throws till the fourth quarter of that game. And that's why I'm I, I'm giving the Giants a chance here because they can hold them to 17-20. I think they got a shot. Yeah, and if you look at what the Giants have been doing on defense, it's some kind of crazy stuff. Like on that last game, I won't say game ceiling because they still had to get the first down on the uh, when they got the ball back, but you know. Julian loves sack to help ice that game on Baker Mayfield on a, a third and long. Um, they sent, they rushed three different safeties on that play. They rushed Julian love who got the sack Xavier McKinney, who was lined up at linebacker and playing linebacker all, all game to cover Christian McCaffrey. And then Tony Jefferson, who they signed before the season and activated on the uh, brought up from the practice squad right before the season. Um, so you're dropping weird guys back. You're rushing guys forward. He was, I think, played six or seven safeties on something like 85 to 90% of the snaps. So Wink Martindale is a really creative defensive guy. He's doing a lot with not much. Like they have issues at cornerback, and the Giants have the lowest completion percentage against right now. And for years, they've been horrible on third down, and now they're the number one third down defense. So it's crazy how quickly, if I had to point to one factor, it's definitely like Wink Martindale and his influence on defense um, to why this team is 2-0 and as opposed to all these previous years starting 0-2. We got Giants-Cowboys on Monday Night Football this week after that exciting doubleheader we had. Well, it was exciting in the Bills-Titans game for a hot minute, but the Eagles game obviously was pretty lit. I mean, I just being there, it, it was a fun time. But now you got Giants-Cowboys. It just feels like an, the old Frank Gifford, Al Michaels, Dan Deardorff, let's go, let's play the music, let's get the helmets bashing, old school NFC East rivalry this weekend. Yeah, I love it. Hey, if they could put an NFC East game on Friday, or on uh, Friday, Mon yeah, actually, let's just every night of the week now. Yeah, Friday Monday night football, or let's do it. Monday night or Sunday night, I would watch it every single week, and I would love it because, you know, NFC East, in my opinion, I said it last week, is the best brand of football, and the rivalries – the only thing that compares is probably the NFC North or maybe the AFC North with a couple it, of those. It really, but, though, is the NFC North, like, are you sold on the Packers-Bears at this point? It's not like, even with Giants-Cowboys and Giants stink, that it's fun. Right. When's the last time we saw a good Packers-Bears game? Probably the one where Aaron Rodgers hurt his knee and came back and led the comeback like a few years ago. But you're right. Like, that's, you know how that game is going to go every time. But. Uh, you know, an NFC East match um, is obviously going to be a good one. I, I love to watch the Giants and Cowboys. I get hyped for that every time. Um, you know, even Giants when they play Washington. It's weird. Like, Washington is always, like, the forgotten one. Of the I don't mean to offend any Washington fans who are out there listening right now, but come on, let's let's be honest. Like, they're, they're definitely the little brother, I think, in the in the division. I know, but I'd still watch them. Yeah, it, it sucks, too, because – I don't think Eagles commanders should be a Sunday 1 p.m. time. Now, they're going to get their Monday night spotlight when Carson Wentz comes back to Philly, but it feels like th this game Sunday is going to be a bigger game than 
we're getting. I, I think it's Adam Amin and Mark Shalera for the broadcast. It just feels like it should be better than the second tier game on Fox on Sunday. Right. Hey, so I heard you when I was coming on, I heard you going on about how good the Eagles are and how Jalen Hurts is killing it, uh, running the ball and everything. Do you think that they're just going to be able to run over everyone like they just did with the Vikings? Like, come on. I know you watch oh, no, Eagles. No, I know you watch games. There were games last year where Jalen Hurts was forced to throw the ball and it didn't look pretty. You know, when they shut down, when teams, you play a better defense, you know, it's not Kirk Cousins scared of the dark at Philly, you know. Um, but the Vikings um, are supposed to have a good defense. That, that's right. Like, okay, that's that part cool. isn't Kirk Cousins' fault. But when you could just tell from the first drive, dude, every – like, did the Eagles run any plays that got less than six yards in that game? Like, it just was like – the it was like the Vikings' defense wasn't even on the field, man. So, I'm just saying, when they play a, a little tougher defense, I don't think it's going to look as easy for Jalen Hurts. I think he's got great weapons. Um, you know, A.J. Brown is legit. Um, so – it's going to be easier for him than maybe last year, but I don't know. I saw some games last year where he had to throw the ball uh, to get out of a hole and it didn't go so well. Like not every game script is going to unfold like the one I think we saw on Monday night. Well, I don't think so either, but here's the issue. I think it's going to continue this week because just watch and watch in the past two weeks, their linebackers cannot tackle. They cannot cover and they cannot play in pass coverage. Like Carson Wentz is probably the reason they're one-on-one because of his arm, which is, scary to think about their, their secondary. I don't even know who's back there anymore because it, it just feels like they're, they're all burnt toast. It's I, I, I don't know. It's Washington needs that pass rush to get going in a major way. And I, I just don't see it this week. Yeah, I don't either. And I want to also mention, I think you asked me last week to predict all four of the uh, NFC East games. And I got every single one, yep, right? Every I single one. Yeah. I told you the giants and Eagles would win the Cowboys and commanders would lose. And the commanders, Losing to the Lions, I mean, maybe you got a better beat on that one because you obviously watched the Eagles play the Lions the week before, but I don't know. The Lions, like, led that one from start to finish. Maybe the Lions are a little tougher than I'm giving them credit for um, in year two under Dan Campbell, but I don't know, man. I I, I feel like that's 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 kind of an, an indictment, losing in the in the way that you did to the Lions. I, they were down 22 nothing. They looked terrible doing it. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that first, their offense couldn't get anything going. And this is where I give Detroit a lot more credit. I don't think their defense is good, but Aaron Glenn's been dialing up the blitzes like no tomorrow. And it's funny when Aiden Hutchinson isn't going up against Lane Johnson, what he did in that game Sunday. He had three tackles. I think it was five quarterback hits. It's just a, like Carson Wentz isn't Jalen Hurts running, running the football. It's just not. And it, it just felt like, the Lions stuck to, okay, we play hard. We stick to our game plan. We could be a team like the Commanders. You know, we almost beat the Eagles, but we could be a team like them. And I don't know. I think they're better than the Bears after seeing the Vikings. <laughs> they might be as good as the Vikings at this point. Yeah, but, I mean, the Vikings look pretty good in week one against the Packers, too. But so everybody looks good week one against the Packers. That's true. That's a good point. Everyone kind of overlooks as well but that's their preseason because aaron Rodgers tells them all preseason is bad you can't play it's like not everyone's as good as you aaron like some people need the reps uh but they're going to show up in the preseason yeah so i i don't know man i i i know that they sneak up especially on the eagles i feel like if there's like even when the giants are bad they find a way to beat washington usually like washington is more like I feel like they've snuck up on the Eagles more times in the past than they have 
the Giants, at least in the past 10 years or so, and, and got a weird win. So I don't want to like completely say, oh, they, they can't win because it's the NFC East and it can go anyway. But um, I think that now it's it, it's very clear the Eagles are top dog in the division. Um, I, I think even with a healthy Dak Prescott, I don't think the Cowboys would have looked as good as the Eagles have looked the first two weeks. Um, and then the Giants are that sneaky, weird team this year that maybe could steal a game from them. But um, also, if you look around, though, uh, you know, you got two of the 2-0 and teams in the NFC East. Are the NFC East, is, are they sending multiple teams to the playoffs this year? They did last year. I, I think so. I, I said before the season, I wouldn't be shocked they sent three just based on how the NFC would play out. And it we're seeing this right now. I, I could see it happening. I mean, the thing is, if you, if it becomes three, it's probably going to be, you know, like where – those top three teams start beating each other all at the end of the year and it gets mixed up. And then there's no one real dominant team going into the playoffs. So I don't know that a lot would have to change between now and then uh, for that to happen. Cause right now it looks like the Eagles are just a lot better than the rest of uh, them. But I've been saying, I've said, Hey, watch the giants, man. They're, they're operating at less than full strength. They're still finding their footing in their two and oh. So if they really find their way, get their guys healthy, they're supposed to get Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari back this week. So I'm a little nervous because they've been so good, like stopping the run and so disciplined with Jihad Ward on the edge. Um, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari are smaller or small is relative when we're talking Jahab Ward. He's like a 290 pound guy, but they're like, two, they're like 255, 265 and they're more edge rushers, speed guys who are going to get after the quarterback, which the giants haven't done a great job doing without blitzing. So that would help. But also are you sacrificing the run defense? Like, uh, you know, when you're two and oh, you don't really want to change things up. It's working, but you want those guys back. But you kind of do want game on against the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, because let's face it. Like, I don't think they. I didn't think they played well that Sunday when I was rewatched the game. And Terrence Steele's probably their most solid offensive lineman, not named Zach Martin. Uh, the right side's fine, but the left side is just atrocious. I just feel like the Giants can feast if Cooper Rush doesn't get rid of the ball quick enough. I think so, and also, like I said, Wink Martindale's going to be creative with the pressure he dials up, and I don't trust. A, honestly, don't really trust <laughs> a Dak Prescott if he was healthy and playing. But like, I don't think that quarterbacks are going to know is coming from like they definitely had trouble creating the pressure because they don't have those individual healthy pass rushers at the moment but when wink decides to send the blitz like he did like baker mayfield had no idea where it was coming from he didn't know and so i don't trust that cooper rush is gonna know i mean i guess maybe but we'll see I feel like, though, Monday is the litmus test for the Giants because, let's face it, the Pampers are 0-2. They're not any good. I, I, I'm sold now. After that game on Sunday, I, I just don't think they're any good. I, I didn't think they were going to beat the Giants, but I was just like, okay, they, they still got problems. And uh, the Titans, uh, I mean, the Giants beat them. I, I knew the Bills would do what they did to them, but Tennessee just looks like a bad football team. I agree, and I'm kind of shocked because they've at least been – I mean, there was a few years ago, the one, the year when the Chiefs win the um, Super Bowl over the Bucks, they go to the AFC Championship. Last year, they were the number one seed in the AFC. So they've been good. But then even when they're not like Derrick Henry, King Henry, Titans, like they've still been a well-coached, like nine and seven basement type team with Mike Vrabel as head coach. And so to see them apparently like, 
they look like they're bottoming out. They look like, okay, the Ryan Tannehill experiment is over. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, you knew it was going to run out at some point. You know, a guy like that can't just run wild forever. So I'm not saying he's completely washed, but I just think that maybe the level of effectiveness is, is, is waning um, for that specific offensive game plan that they've had, you know, line up Derrick Henry seven yards deep in the backfield, turn around, hand it off to him 25 times a game, run some play action, throw it deep. You don't have AJ Brown anymore. You just saw Taylor Luongo down with injury too. Like, I wanted the Titans to look a little more competitive against the Bills so that the Giants win looked better, but um, that was that was really bad. It honestly makes it makes the Giants wins kind of look worse when you think about what their two opponents have done in the other games, like Tennessee getting blown out by the Bills or the Panthers losing to the Jacoby Brissett Browns, who just lost to the Jets. You know, so what are those two wins anyway? Well, this is my issue, too, with the AFC South. It's not good. I've been beating the drum. The AFC South sucks. I've given the Jaguars. One of my hot takes in July was I'm just thinking, I was like, maybe the Jaguars can win the AFC South. No, 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 they stink. I'm like, no, the division stinks. The, the Texans yeah. are good. The Colts stink. It's it's there. It's there for the that, taking. That has to surprise you a little bit. We'll tie it to the NFC East because they got uh, Frank Wright. But are you surprised? Are you surprised? About the Colts? Over the, over the Jaguars? The Colts. Oh, the Colts? Not really. No, because I, I keep hearing about this talent, and I'm like, what talent? I don't see the talent. I thought Matt Ryan would be an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Well, I think everybody thought Matt Ryan would be an upgrade, but their <laughs> offensive line is not good. Not as good as they should be. I mean, they have Quentin Nelson, they have Ryan Kelly, they have Brayden Smith, but that hasn't been good. The defense, it's – and I got to give the Colts benefit down here. They are missing Shaquille Lair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this one, <laughs> you scored zero points against the Jaguars. So. Yeah, you, yeah, you scored points against the Jaguars. Like th this is the worst team. One of the worst defenses in football last year. And you just let them dominate you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, that was <laughs> not good. Not, not good. No, for them, but and, and Keep in mind, our teams get to play them soon. Yeah, I know. Hey, I was just going forward and like looking at the Eagles schedule, you know, and well, I know anybody. going in. What? They don't play anybody. I know. And that's kind of like the way, you know, it's just the way it shakes out. Like the Giants don't really play anybody either. They, it's a slightly tougher schedule. I, I can't think of the Like they're maybe on the road at Baltimore as opposed to like the Eagles have at home or something. You know what I mean? Like the there's a couple of different. They, they played Pittsburgh in that whole 17th AFC North game. It's weird. Well, there you go. See, like, and then there's things like that where like Pittsburgh is a much different team year over year, like where they try to match it up, like based on what you did the year, year before or whatever. And it's well, you know, sometimes that works out in your favor. And I was looking at the Eagles schedule. I'm like, where's the loss? Like, are they going 17 or no? Like, where is, where is the, I know it's going to happen. You know, it's just the NFL, you know? And, but man, look at that schedule. That's, that's another thing that makes me think that the, that the NFC East could send two or maybe three teams to the playoffs. Um, is just look at who the, the NFC East has a very advantageous schedule. All, all four of the teams do. Yeah, two weeks. So two weeks ago, it, it, even a month ago, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. I thought their toughest stretch was Tennessee, Indianapolis, Green Bay. I, I think the Saints are in that stretch, and I'm like, well, okay, the Saints don't look great. P 
Pete Carmichael doesn't look to Alvis Alvis as a play caller. Jameis Winston looks like Jameis Winston again. The Titans look terrible. The Colts look terrible. You're right. Like, I, I know you don't want to think like that because you know they're going to lose games, but it's if you're just going by paper, you're right. Where is this loss coming from? Yeah, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, all right, when can the Giants gain a game on the Eagles? Okay, maybe uh, week week. 10 we go like oh what the heck you yeah, know right. like <laughs> 12 like by the way I yeah. hate that and the chances of the Giants even being in the race at that point is so slim but you know it, hey man I'm just stoked that I'm stoked we're we're where we are right now in the season and the NFC East is we were talking about it last week like 2020 was so uncalled for with how bad the NFC East was and how it just became the butt of everyone's joke and I was like Okay. Yeah. Sorry. NFC East is like the best division every single year. And then they have the one dud year where Washington wins it with a losing record or whatever, whatever their final record was like. And then last year they came right back and sent two teams to the NFC uh, to the playoffs. So, you know, I, I, it's time to take names. NFC has got to keep rolling and remind everyone again uh, in 2022, Hey, this is the best division. It's got the best teams, most fun fans, and they deserve to be in the playoffs. They deserve to stack the playoffs with NFC East teams because honestly, more people watch and it's more exciting. So there you go. I'm going to put you in the spotlight here. Since we were talking playoffs, pick the seven NFC teams right now going to the playoffs. The seven NFC teams going to the playoffs. All right, I'm going to go with the division winners will be the Eagles will win the East. I'm going to stick with, I know they look like duds. I'm going to stick with the Vikings as my winners in the NFC North. I think that the Packers will make it as a wild card team. I think that the Buccaneers will win the NFC South. Wow, the NFC West is a tough one, but I'm going to go with the Rams. And then we got two more wild card spots. I'm going to give my Giants a wild card spot. I'm liking the boldness here. Just because of the, the, the favorable schedule. And then I'll give uh, – oh, man, that's tough. I'm going to give it to – it's it's Saints 49ers. I'm kind of on the fence. And, like, honestly, the Cardinals could get hot and kind of make some noise in that space. But Cardinals saved their season Sunday. But I think they ruined the Raiders season and saved their own with that comeback. I agree with ruining the Raiders season. I, I we We should know better than that by now to, like – be believers in the Cardinals. This is now how many years in a row that we've been like, oh, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. And then, year, and then all of a sudden it's just – but, I mean, they won that game solely on Kyler Murray's legs. They really they did. did. Um, but, again, like, to me, that's like a – that's one of those types of plays. I'm talking specifically about the two-point conversion that went super viral. But, you know, it's kind of indicative of the way they try to win games is like, Okay, Kyler, go out there and be a hero. You know, uh, I, I think that's something you see once a year. You know, maybe, maybe something, maybe you see a few wins like that, but I just don't think that that's sustainable. You know, like, by the way, you know, you want to talk about that two point version went viral. So I had to do that game Sunday for CBS right after I did the Dolphins crazy comeback. So I'm already <laughs> all jacked up. I didn't even think that was the best play of the game when Max Crosby had him down. On the two-point conversion, the next one, the, the tie it, and Kyler run, gets a holding penalty. I'm like, okay, game's up. Nope, holding penalty because Max Crosby can't bring down Kyler Murray. He had him. Didn't do it. <laughs> and then Kyler Murray makes the amazing throw. I'm like, what is going on in this league today? 
Yeah, it was a wild week. I will say that like Dolphins Baltimore game. Yeah, I was like checking the score, and then there was a point where I just stopped checking the score. And then it actually it wasn't even until like after the game. I was like, wait, the Dolphins won that game because I was at you know where I, I was covering yeah, the, the BLL championship in Philly. So I was kind of ch- I was score box or uh, box score watching, you know. Um, and then had to go back and watch all the highlights and stuff for, for all those games to see how it happened. But that was one where I was like, how did that? And then I checked the box where it's like two or six touchdowns. I was like, what happened here? Because like. He pulled the Joe Montana against the Eagles. He, he really did. Like it was, he threw a bomb to Tyreek. It's like, okay, they're down 14, whatever. But Baltimore wasn't moving the ball yet. And they went three and out. Then they go deep again. And I'm like, oh, it's on now. And then it, it Kevin Harlan was fantastic calling that game Sunday. Yeah. So real quick, I got to ask you, is Jalen Hurts a top 10 quarterback now in your mind? Man, that's tough. You kind of got to list them out. It's kind of hard to just say, like, is he a top yeah, 10 quarterback? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no, but I think I definitely think he's in the top 12, top 13 range. Yeah. He's definitely top 10 fantasy. He's sitting on my bench. I got to decide whether I'm going to start him over I had two on my bench Sunday, but I still won. <laughs> i have lamar so it got, me it too me too i got lamar, and that's like uh going into this week lamar's playing the, the patriots you know tough defense. yeah yeah do i really want to play or do i want to play two against the bills I, i'm kind of stuck there hey if you do it i'll do it if you bench lamar for jalen hurts i'll do it in my league i have jalen hurts in one league and let me tell you <laughs> anyway kevin i i gotta let you go here we gotta, gotta put a ball in, ball in the show a bit but i love having you come on every wednesday we got to do this again. Maybe the Giants will be 3-0 and after and do the Eagles a huge favor. We'll, we'll see. see, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, yep. Love doing this. Sounds great, Kevin. I appreciate you coming on. All right, Peace and we're going to wrap up the show right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. 
we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. down in Washington Sunday for Eagles Commanders. And I, I made the joke on Twitter week one. Eagles fans said they were going to take over Ford Field. I said, no, they're not. It, it's going to be Lions fans. It's Stan Campbell bobblehead day. It's season open. Eagles fans are going to be down there week three. Uh, I, I've been to enough Washington games where Eagles fans have taken over in a normal year. Now you got a 2-0 Eagles team. And Washington fans, they just don't care about that football team. They don't. I, I mean, they, they do to an extent. I will say that. I, I do talk to a lot of Commanders fans on social media. And look, I, I agree with them. It's Daniel Snyder. It's the FedEx field. It's the way things are run. I hate going down the FedEx field. I'd love to go to Game Sunday, but I hate FedEx field. And I hate the traffic. And I hate the area. It's annoying. It's not a fun place for me, personally, to see a football game. But I... I'm all for people going down there and just having a good time. It, it, it's I, I'm not the fun police. Go down there, have a few drinks, have some fun. Because you're not going to see that many Commanders fans there. And if they are there, they're going to be miserable. They just are. They're just miserable people. They want to talk about, like, Eagles fans and the whole Santa Claus thing. There's some weird stories that come, come out of FedEx Field that just seem to be ignored. But there's going to be a ton of Eagles fans down there someday. I mean, I know busloads of trips are going down. I, I've talked to so many people that are going down that game. And for an affordable price, too. Wait till you see the parking. That's going to be miserable. Absolutely miserable. But I hope you guys get what you want to see. Which, you know, I, I know what you guys want to see. An Eagles victory. I don't blame it. That's why you go down there. It's a three-hour trip. It's a fun day. Go down there. Go have some fun. I think there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans down there. It's going to feel like a home game in a sense, especially with the way the Eagles have started. You know, 2-0, Washington. It's a big game. It is. I, I think Washington's a pretty good football team. And Carson Wentz has been slinging the ball. He's tied for the NFL in touchdown passes. Made a lot of goofy plays, but that's Carson Wentz. What the Eagles got to do is keep the full on the gas on the offense. Like, like Jalen Hurts said on Monday night, they left a lot of money on the table. A lot of money. He told the team that. He told us that in his media session. A lot of money left on the table. He ain't satisfied. He's not. They left a lot of plays on the field. He, he even said, I'll tell you what I'm not satisfied about, us not keeping our foot on the gas. So guess what, Jalen? You know, I, I, I think with Jalen Hurts keeping this team grounded, this Eagles team will continue to build off this momentum. Because they, they got some revenge games coming up. They got Carson Wentz and they got Doug Peterson. I, I, I don't think the Eagles look at that as revenge games. I think it may be on the other side. I'm curious to hear what Carson says today. 
I really am. Probably won't say much because it's Carson. You know, it's. But again, it's going to be a fun game Sunday. It, it will. Same with Monday night. Giants Cowboys will be fun too. All right, guys, I got to wrap up the show. We're going to talk some more Eagles Commanders tomorrow. I'm going to have my buddy Jordan DeJaney on from CBS Sports. Friday, I got a special guest, a former Commanders player, who's going to break down this game for us. So it's going to be a good week. Good morning, NFC East. Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr. Have a good day, everybody.